0: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastor Scott at KKLA.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. And now,
1: here's Pastor Scott. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show. Great to be with you. I hope you had a great weekend. End of October. Already here. That's hard to believe. I, I like October. I think we missed it somehow uh, this year. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. Eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. If you want to join the conversation tomorrow is Halloween, and uh, maybe you went to something this weekend at your church or something in the community Halloween related. Uh, we went and uh, we uh, dropped uh, we dropped off our kids. One of my sons uh, volunteered at uh, something at church, and and uh, we spent some time uh, doing that. And got a lot of candy, and I brought them home, and I did what I do with the candy, is I separate it out and teach them about taxes, and I take the parts out that uh, the daddy tax wants, and uh, they can just keep the rest of it based upon whatever percentage, and uh, you know, so teaches them a valuable lesson with that. I want to talk about this a little bit today, just because uh, Christians and a lot of people have different opinions about Halloween. And I thought, you know what, let's get into a little bit of uh, the history of it. And uh, not not quite the Saturday Night Live history of it. This is Christopher Walken on Saturday Night Live. It's the
0: Halloween way. It's what the holiday is all about. Sure, there's spooky goblins, creepy crawlers, hocus pocus. But it's about camaraderie, really. (laughs) Meet the neighbors you don't want to see again on any other day. (laughs) After all... You can't spell Halloween without hello.
1: (laughs) I thought that was pretty funny. Meet the neighbors you don't want to see on any other day. (laughs) You know what? Let me tell you something. (laughs) There is something really good about uh, Halloween as far as meeting the neighbors. And, you know, I thought about talking about this tomorrow since it's Halloween. But I thought, you know, I'm going to talk about it today. Because whatever you're planning to do or not do, there is an opportunity to get to know your neighbors. It's a thing that Americans struggle with, is we don't know our neighbors. And, you know, it, remember whenever uh, – I'll never forget this, really, because after nine eleven happened and they found out where the terrorists were living and they emptied out some uh, one of the hijackers' apartments, and in there they found, like, the terrorist manual. And in the terrorist manual about how to be a terrorist in America, it said – Don't worry about the neighbors wondering what you are doing or what you're up to. People in America don't pay attention to their neighbors. Basically, that's what it said. And, you know, it was trying to calm the fears like, what if they notice that I'm making bombs or doing whatever? Well, they're probably not going to notice. That's a sad commentary on our culture. So there's an opportunity here. But I want to get into a little bit behind it. I don't want anybody to be afraid, even though there are some real things about spiritual um, you know paganism growing in our country uh, and it's not growing because of Halloween it's growing in general the number of people who practice witchcraft or who get into uh, those kinds of things has grown exponentially in the last 20 years it is In fact, uh, the West Coast, uh, I think New York is number one. The West Coast uh, is number two as far as all of that growth. And it is significant, significant growth. It has very little to do with Halloween. It's going on all the time. The solstices are actually probably uh, more interesting days as far as all that's concerned. But uh, you know, tomorrow uh, is Halloween, and uh, many of you might realize that it's also Reformation Day. If we looked at this from a church standpoint, it's also Reformation Day, the beginning of a Protestant Reformation, huge day for the church, huge day in history. It's also, the next couple of days are also known as, uh, it's also known as All Hallows Eve. Maybe that's your tradition. A lot of church tradition with Halloween that maybe you pay attention to, maybe you don't. Um, and then Wednesday is All Hallows Day or All Saints Day and then some people might even go to All Souls Day, which would be November 2nd. Did you know all of that? I want to give you a little bit of background to why that is, and and I want to share something about Christians, the church, and the pagan holidays that have existed. Some of them have changed. A couple of big ones have changed. Uh, it's interesting how the, the way the church interacts with culture. Christmas. Christmas is coming. Did you know that? Uh, it's coming very soon, and I think whenever somebody says Christmas is coming, the goose is getting fat is always right there on the end of my lips. Christmas is coming, and you know, Christmas began in, uh, in ancient Babylon. It was the feast of the son of Isis, the goddess of nature, and it was celebrated on December 25th. We don't really know the day that Jesus was born. We have no idea. A lot of scholars think it was probably in the spring, maybe early fall, different times, Uh, but probably not in the winter, actually. Uh, Anyway, but December 25th, this is where we get the date. It's from ancient Babylon and the feast of the son of Isis. There was partying, there was gluttonous eating and drinking, and there was gift giving. It was traditions of this feast to give people gifts. Uh, there is a winter solstice. I mentioned that before, and that's a pagan celebration, which is the 21st or 22nd of uh, December. It's all in the same week. It's a pagan celebration. And the idea there is that at the winter solstice, the earth has started to get – has stopped getting more dark, that more light now is entering into the world. And that was the beginning of that uh the winter solstice celebration. You probably notice how much darker it is now in the afternoon and uh, that's going to change a lot next week when we change the the time clock, which we can't really seem to get rid of that. And uh, more light enters the world, the days start getting longer. And in time, when you think about some of these themes, the light coming into the world and the gift giving and uh, celebrations and different things you can begin to start to connect the dots at how the church took this day over and the church did christmas day instead of pagan celebrations of nature and light they were replaced by celebration of the birth of christ true light entering the world the creator of all of nature see and gifts of course we connect it to the wise men but there is the idea of gift giving before that and then people start giving each other gift you know that are part of the the reason uh, for uh, you know why we do that the, the wise man the idea of giving each other gift, we have the gift of a Savior unto you a child is born, all of that stuff. You can actually connect the dots pretty well to see, hey, the Christians took a look at these pagan holidays and, and said, you know what, you're talking about physical light coming into the world, but let me tell you about the light of the world coming into the world. And that worked. You're talking about nature and celebrating nature. Let's talk about the one who created nature. See, and there's something very powerful about that. It's if you have the option to choose to worship nature or the one who created nature, well, you're going to choose to worship the one who created nature. It would make more sense, right? So that's what happened. And Christmas, of course, is very Christian. Christmas, you can't get rid of it. You can call it winter break when your kids are out of school, but it's Christmas vacation. We all know it's Christmas vacation. Everybody knows it's Christmas vacation. And I don't think you can get rid of Christmas as Christian as it is because our economy is so tied to it. I think God has sort of rigged it that way that the whole planet is going to have to talk about Jesus in one way or another every year at Christmas time. Otherwise, we're going to have a financial collapse, actually. Uh, Easter, lots of pagan rituals around, uh, the springtime, the spring equinox. You know what happened to that? It was the celebrating of worshiping fertility gods because spring is the time of new life. Have you thought about that? That's what a lot of the pagan celebrations were. And uh, how did they celebrate their uh, fertility gods? By doing what rabbits are known for. And so there you get Easter Bunny out of all of that. You know, I don't know how Easter Bunny lays eggs. I am a fan of those Cadbury eggs, uh, which is unfortunate, but I am. But uh, in time, though, the interesting thing about Easter is that this season, you know, how many of you are celebrating spring equinox? Probably a very few of you. Some of you who are get into that pagan stuff, you shouldn't be. But very few people do that in the world. We celebrate Easter. The world stops to celebrate Easter. And you can decide not to call it Easter vacation, and you can move the week, call it spring break. But if you're old enough to remember, it always used to be Easter vacation. And, you know, Easter, it's a lot harder to uh, you, you can't say it's not a Christian holiday either. You can kind of skip it, but you, you kind of can't. It's kind of forced on us, this celebration. And you can try to get rid of it. You can, like I said, change Easter vacation to spring break, but you can't change Easter. You you just can't. Christmas and Easter, pagan holidays that have been redeemed, that used to have to do a lot with the occult, that with pagan practices and different things. But now those things are redeemed. So how does that fit with Halloween. Did you know that the church, the Christian church, by that I mean just mean Christians over the last 2,000 years, have tried to redeem Halloween, have tried to say, okay, this is something that we want to redeem. In fact, there's a lot of disagreement actually as to where Halloween came from. You might have heard something or somebody told you something, but historically it's a little hard to put together actually how it evolved and where it came from, and there's a couple of different angles. One's pagan, one is actually the church, And there probably is probably a mixture of things as the church tends to try to redeem uh, holidays. So I want to tell you about that. This is the Pastor Scott Show, by the way. The number is 888-528-2557. If you want to join the conversation, 888-528-2557. There was a – most people believe that part of Halloween comes from a celebration of uh, Samhain, I think, or Samhain, is the Druid God of Death, And it has its origin in uh, uh, pagans, uh, Celtic traditions. And it was the time of year, the end of summer, the end of the harvest, when the veils, the idea was the veils between this world and the other world were believed to be thin. Nobody knows why anybody thought that, but they thought that's what it was thin veil between this world and the next. And the idea was that spirits of the dead could most readily mingle with the living once again. And so there became the celebration of a day honoring the dead. And the idea was that souls are floating around and, the, and uh, souls and demons were creating mischief. And there was something that would be basically trick or treat, all right, so that you would give a gift to these souls creating mischief so that they would go away, or you would put a mask on, a scary mask probably, so you could trick them into thinking that you're actually one of them so you would dress up like a ghost or you would dress up like a demon or a scary creature or a dead person or something and the idea was you're either going to you either have to pay off these people that's the uh, you know the gift you give them a gift or you trick them and uh, into thinking that you're one of them and the idea of this was not to fear death but actually to recognize that it's a reality for all people now that was sort of the pagan angle but some people think that the church actually came up with a lot of this and maybe some pagans took it another direction the Most likely, though, this is where the modern idea of Halloween probably came from. It's evidenced, actually, by some writings in the 6th century, and the church decided to Christianize deliberately this pagan holiday, okay, and to say, hey, you know what? We don't fear death, and there's a reason that we don't fear death. It isn't just because it's a part of life and everybody's going to die and therefore don't fear it. no. No we as believers, as Christians, we don't have to fear death because we have resurrection. We have a resurrected, you know, Savior, and we can, we can celebrate them. But the problem for the church was the birth of Christ was already taken by Christmas, and the resurrection of Christ was already taken by Easter. And so what do you do? How do you celebrate? To, how do you Christianize this holiday? And uh, I'm not sure that there was a room full of guys in robes and stuff deciding this, but there might have been, you know, people, they didn't have internet or TV and, uh, you know, they had time to actually think, unlike today. So here's what happens. The hollow, that word, it means holy, okay? Halloween, it means the eve of the holy day. And the church came up with All Saints Day or All Hallows Day. Maybe you're in a tradition today that actually still celebrates this. And then the idea was, is for Christians to wear the masks and stuff to demonstrate that we no longer need to be in a fear of death. And then on Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, and then the next day you celebrated the saints, the people who have died in Christ, okay, before you. And it's developed over time. In the early 7th century, Pope Boniface Fourth consecrated the Pantheon in Rome. And it was formally a temple to all gods. And the church dedicated it to St. Mary and to the martyrs, people who had died for their faith. And he ordered that that date, which was the 13th of May, actually, back then, should be celebrated every year. But in the 8th century, the 1st of November, Pope Gregory the 3rd dedicated a chapel to all saints in St. Saint Peter's Basilica in Rome and then Gregory the 4th later then made the festival universal throughout the church and they moved the May 13th thing put everything together on the 1st of November and it became All Saints Day and basically for uh, the church that was the idea. And the church created a holiday that would celebrate the saints All Saints Day on November 1st and on the 31st that would be the beginning of the celebration All Hallows Eve and that was kind of the idea. Now let me ask you this question. All of that is to tell you this. You probably have plans, or you deliberately do not have plans, tomorrow for Halloween. How many of you have plans for All Saints Day? Anybody anybody dressing up for All Saints Day, going to uh, maybe maybe there's a mass or something that you're going to. There's probably some of that. But I'll bet that most people listening, most Christians listening, are not celebrating All Saints Day. Or you're not doing anything. It might be something that pops up on your, your calendar on your phone. But you're probably not doing anything, right? It's no Christmas. It's no, Hol- it's no uh, Easter for sure. Uh, do you, are you giving anybody any gifts on Wednesday? Do you shop for uh, All holidays? Have you seen decorations at the Costco or anywhere else for uh, All Saints' Day? You haven't, have you? Very few people actually do anything for All Saints' Day. It didn't catch on. See, it didn't really work. See, the culture doesn't really celebrate it or even think about it. Maybe you haven't even thought about it. Maybe you didn't even know about it till just now, really. The holiday didn't work. It's never maintained being a Christian holiday, Halloween. Never never held up. Not like Christmas and Easter. You want to know why? Here's why. You ready? This is important. The reason that Halloween, All Saints Day, and everything, All Hallows' Eve and all of that didn't hold up as a Christian holiday is because of this. All the saints are dead. They're dead. See, it's not actually very exciting coming together and celebrating old dead Christians, however great you think they might have been. It's just not. It's just, there's just, what do you do for that? You know, and here's why. There's a reason why. The saints don't forgive your sins. Jesus does. See? and in in most Protestant traditions, once we have the Protestant Reformation, you know right uh, everybody 's a christian 's a saint anyway, so then you had this All Souls Day, which there was a division between say Protestants and Catholics. The Protestants say all Souls Day is a celebration of all believers who have passed away and are, have gone to heaven before us. Uh, some Catholics at different times in history be- who believed in purgatory believed it was about the souls who hadn 't quite attained heaven yet but who had died and were still floating around in in purgatory, you know, doing whatever you do in purgatory, uh, also not very exciting. It just it's just not. See, here's the problem. All the saints are dead. All the souls are dead. And they're dead. They're as dead as Julius Caesar. They're dead. Uh and the souls that are being celebrated, also dead. Not exciting. But Jesus lives. See. Jesus comes into the world at Christmas and brings light into the world, brings hope into the world. We celebrate it with songs, with angels, with such majesty, and it's important. And it's it's, it's just such a hopeful, important story because God has sent his son to live with us, to be with us. That's better than anybody you know. It just is, or anybody that you used to know as much as you might have loved him. See, and Easter is the resurrection of Christ, him paying for our sins, the crucifixion, the resurrection of Christ, giving us hope, proving that he is who he said he was. Because if Jesus is dead, then he's just another religious founder. And uh, if he didn't rise from the grave, then uh, he's no good. Bible itself says if there is no resurrection, we're all wasting our time. But if he did rise, then it's actually the most important thing that has ever happened in human history. Um, I think it was C.S. Lewis who said, you can't you can't just look at the resurrection as moderately important. It's either the most important thing that ever happened or it doesn't matter at all. But there is no in-between. It's a huge deal, Easter. So the problem for uh, Halloween and the celebrating of that and All Saints Day and all that is that uh, it's just not very powerful. See, the power of the church, listen, listen. The power of the church is not in the ministry of your favorite Christian, it's not in the ministry of your favorite pastor, not even your favorite radio pastor. As great as many of those people are, as great as you think your pastor is, as great as your favorite historical teacher is, the power of the church is in the story of Jesus Christ. It's Jesus who wins. Christus victor, they used to say. It means Jesus wins over evil. Romans eight thirty seven. no, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. It's not we are more than conquerors through the great Bible teaching of, uh, you know, J. Vernon McGee, as great as he is. We... <laughs> I don't know why that made me laugh just now. No, in all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. see, Jesus is the Savior, not some great apostle or preacher or author or generous person that you know. And when we forget that, we become you know our own thing about ourselves. It's great, by the way, to remember those who went before us. The Bible itself does that. I mean, look at Hebrews chapter 11, right? Uh, And the great chapter of those who went before us in the faith. But none of those people will ever be like Jesus. None of us are ever going to be as important as Jesus as far as that goes, even in however he uses us in this life. But there is something else to consider here. And, you know, I guess I want to make a couple of points here. I want to make the point, first of all, that whatever you're going to do, you don't have to fear evil, that you are not going to be somehow attacked or overcome by evil because it's Halloween tomorrow, whatever might be happening in the pagan world or spiritual world that you don't understand. It's not some special day where, where evil spirits have license, you know. Uh, in fact, if you want to look for evil in Halloween, maybe you should look at the uh, outfits that, the, that are being created for young girls. The sexualization of our kids you don't have to look to some some you know secretive thing it's just right there Uh, maybe you should look at the growth of paganism in our country not because it's happening one day but because it's happening 365 days a year that there is a growth of paganism that is exploding in our culture in western culture in particular and it's not connected to halloween it's connected to people Uh, seeking out the wrong thing for hope and for life. And you should remember that you should be convinced, as Paul told us, that neither death nor life, nor angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, and neither height nor depth or anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. So when you think about that, whatever you think about Halloween, don't be afraid of it. Instead, maybe there's a, a way to leverage it. And I'll ask you this question. We'll come back after the break, and we'll talk about maybe we need a new reformation in the life of the church today. It's Reformation Day, if you celebrate that, if you think about that historically, but maybe we need a new uh, reformation, and a reformation that says we're not going to be afraid, a reformation uh, reformation that says, you know what, we're going to go back to Scripture, and uh, we're going to make disciples as Jesus told us. I think that's a, a really big deal. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll come back and talk about that. If you want to join the conversation, the number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. You can give me a follow at Pastor Scott Show. You can watch us right now at KKLA.com. And uh, by the way, at KKLA.com, you can also sign up for the Resist the Drift Marriage Conference. It's coming up this weekend, a great date night for you and your spouse, Friday and Saturday at... Uh, Calvary Chapel, East Anaheim. Go to kkla.com and click the banner to learn more. We'll be back as the Monday edition of The Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at Pastor Scott at kkla.com or tune in live weekdays from 3 to 5 p.m. Now, back to the show. Good evening, America. It's almost Halloween. I'm not out of breath. I'm just excited because Halloween is is the greatest holiday in the world. The world. But look, here's the bottom line. world is a pretty scary place right now. Wars, shootings, climate change, everything in the new Britney book. That's why I want to put everyone at ease. Nothing puts people at ease like an 80-year-old man hanging Halloween decorations. <laughs> so come on, join me. We'll walk over here to the
1: ladder. Come on. Here we go. That is from uh, Saturday Night Live and uh, somebody you know, impersonating Joe Biden. I say somebody because I never watch that show. You watch that show anymore, uh, Wilbur? Does anybody watch it? I'll watch I watch the YouTube highlights. Yeah, yeah, the the kind of highlights. There's probably no. St- staying but I can't up tell late. you the last time I saw it live. Yeah, I don't even know who that is. But it was kind of, you know, funny. <laughs> the Biden is what's he do he's in the Oval Office, the character, and he's about to climb a ladder. And that's pretty scary if you're eighty something years old. Um but and he's hanging decorations. Uh this is the Pastor Scott show, eight eighty eight five two eight two five five seven. Given a little bit of uh some history of the the Halloween. The boy, the decorations are everywhere. I think uh you know it is it is a weird thing about this day that there is so much money being spent on decorations right? We used to just get a pumpkin and carve it and throw it outside and hope that we uh, got it in the trash before it just got all moldy. That was uh, the rule, but now people are really into it. 888 uh, 528 Some of you realize that Halloween, uh, October 31st, actually, is uh, Reformation Day. If you're a Protestant, maybe you think about that, especially if you're a Lutheran or Methodist, uh, maybe, or Catholic, maybe you think about that as well. And, uh, you know, uh, by the way, I'm, I am a Protestant, but I want you to know, you know, if you've got uh, if you're Catholic or something, I know that people protest the Catholic Church, and I would protest the idea of holding up traditions as high as Scripture. But there's a lot of Protestants who hold up traditions as high as Scripture these days. I don't know if you've noticed that. And uh, so, Protestants, you know, be careful when you talk about that. Uh, when uh, and then ask yourself, how are we holding on to our are building, you know, how are our traditions in our church more important than reaching people with the gospel? Uh, pastorally, that's a big deal in the church today, that we often are very much about our own way of doing things, and this is how we do it, and you can come and join us. Uh, maybe we'll talk to you and let you join our club, but you got to act just like us. And, uh, you know, if if what we're doing isn't working, to make disciples or share the gospel, if our community doesn't really know we're there or care, then, you know, we really should reform what it is we're doing. So on Reformation Day, what it is historically is uh, Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the the door, and uh, what this was was not a invitation to uh, divide the church. It was an invitation to debate certain points that he believed where the church was in error. That was the idea, and he didn't set out to start a big Reformation, but it began a process of thinking that did change the world. The Protestant Reformation beyond uh, just what it means for Christians changed the entire world. It really did, and one of the things that Um, helped that happen was the printing press was invented, and because the printing press was invented, people could study scripture more easily. They could actually get their printed Bible. It wasn't really available. I don't know if you think about that, but through the majority of Christian life since Jesus was here, for the majority of those years, for what seventy percent of those years, Christians uh, did not have access to the Bible. Most Christians, especially if you were poor, you just didn't have one. You know, there wasn't bring your Bible to church day. It just wasn't there because you didn't have one. And you relied on the priest to give it to you straight and to tell you what it is. But the printing press actually made it possible for people to have a Bible. And once that happened, people started reading it and going, hey, you guys are uh, getting this wrong. In fact, there were many things that were quite corrupt about the church. The church had this teaching, uh, and this is a, a quote from an old document. It says, that faith alone, whether fiduciary Or dogmatic cannot justify man, that only such faith is active in charity and good works, Uh, only such faith that is active in charity and good works can justify man. And that was a basic idea of uh, the church in the dark ages, and that the benefits of good works could be obtained also by donating money to the church. So it was kind of an either or. You can go out and serve the poor, or you can give the church money, and it's the same. Right, it's it's like you get the whatever spiritual benefit you're gonna get for doing something good you would get if you just donated the money. So if you had money, what you would do is you would donate it to the church and then you'd walk away. You didn't have to do anything, you know, for anybody. Um, do we have that today? I think we do. Sometimes we do. We got people who are like, oh well, my role is to give. I hope that you're giving. You know, that's kind of I think everybody's role. But there's also something you should do. You know, there is a place to, to serve. Luther, in his studies, came to the conclusion that God alone has the authority of condemnation or justification. And the idea that how do, who, who decides who gets to have everlasting life? Well, Luther decided God decides, and he got that out of Romans. Um, romans three twenty one but now, apart from the law, the righteousness of God has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. The righteousness is given through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe there is no difference between Jew and Gentile, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. God presented Christ as a sacrifice of atonement through the shedding of his blood to be received by faith. He did this to demonstrate his righteousness because in his forbearance, he had left all the sins committed beforehand unpunished. He did it to demonstrate his righteousness at the present time so as to be just and the one who justifies those who have faith in Jesus. So he he comes across this in his reading, and then other people would come across that. there in their reading, and they're going, hey, I should do good works, but I'm not saved by them, and I'm not saved by giving money. I should give. I should be generous, but it doesn't save me and the teaching began that people are saved by grace which god gave for free and through faith alone in jesus christ not by doing good deeds and it's important because this is the distinction of christianity over every other religious thought every religious thought is you or philosophy is you should do good things and you'll be rewarded either by god or by the universe or by other people if you're a humanitarian or something um but in christianity the difference is that you're saved because of what jesus did by believing in him and you do your works because you're saved see at luther's time there was a you know this place called purgatory where souls who hadn't quite earned salvation but didn't really deserve hell they would go there And then the church was teaching, actually, that you could purchase forgiveness of your sins by purchasing a certificate from the church called an indulgence. And uh, soon the church realized they could make a lot of money selling these, so they started selling them even for dead people. So you could pay money and get your relatives out of purgatory. And uh, there was actually a guy, his name was Johann Tetzel. That was his that was his job, selling these things. And uh, the saying was, as the coin in the coffer, as soon as the coin in the coffer rings, the soul from Purgatory Springs, you won't find that anywhere in the Bible. Nothing like that in the Bible. And so this created a, uh, this is one of the, the uh, Reformation's objections to what was being taught, and it changed the world. So I'm not, now I want to fast forward a little bit. What should be a Reformation today? You have any thoughts about that? What is it that to get back to what the scriptures say that Christians need to reform today, I think that there could be a new reformation. I think maybe we're in the midst of it, frankly. eight 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 five two eight two five five seven is the number. If you want to join the conversation, eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. It is you know something that was happening then. I think, is happening now sometimes. One of uh, the the 95 theses that uh, Luther put on the door on that uh, first Reformation day, October 31st, was this. It was, he said, again, why does not the pope whose wealth is today greater than the richest of the richest build just this one church of St. Peter with his own money rather than with the money of poor believers? And his longer objection was that the church had become about maintaining buildings and maintaining tradition and buildings became holy places, and traditions were lifted to the level of Scripture as far as importance. And he said, you know, we we shouldn't be doing that. See, the challenge for the church is it can become too much about itself, and that's the challenge today in so many ways. Christians are very good at building churches that Christians enjoy. I don't know where I got that from. I got that from somebody uh, but what they like to say is that wherever I got that, it's that Christians are very, very good at building things that Christians enjoy. You know, I think that part of the reformation that we need today is to really check why it is we're doing what we're doing. It isn't that buildings are bad. It isn't that, you know, doing things um, like that is is a bad thing, but it depends on why. Are you doing it for yourself? Are you doing it so that you – you know, do you treat your church like it's a country club and you pay your dues and there are members, and uh, you know as long as the members are happy, they get to use the facility and they get to do all of this stuff and you know or are you building it so you can leverage it for the sake of the non-believers who weren't there yet? There's a, there's a big difference, you know, If and there are big churches and small churches that struggle with this, and there are big churches and small churches who do great at this, who might spend a lot of money on their buildings and stuff, but they leverage that for the community. They leverage that so that they can reach people with the gospel, so that they can host, you know, celebrate recovery, and they can host things to help people get out of addiction, to help people. There's so many good things you can do, and the Lord blesses that. But there are, is a problem that we have to face where sometimes we want to leverage the stuff just for our own enjoyment. That's a Reformation, I think, for today. As we think about October 31st and Halloween and and the Reformation Day and those things, I think that there are a lot of things that we need to look, especially when we see the world falling apart, you know, how did it get there? Uh, Well, part of it is the church became about itself and uh, forgot to be about the people who aren't yet part of the church. This is the Pastor Scott Show. You can call me and join the conversation at 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. i got to take a break. We'll be back as the Monday edition of the Pastor Scott Show continues. Stay tuned.
0: You're listening to the Pastor Scott Show podcast. Have any questions or comments? Email Pastor Scott now at, pastorscott at KKLA.com. or tune in live weekdays
1: from 3 to 5 p.m. Now back to the show. Welcome back, everybody. Pastor Scott Show. I want to remind you that this weekend, the two-day conference called Resist the Drift is happening on Friday and Saturday, and uh, you need to register right away from that. I got a coupon code. If you're thinking of going and you haven't done it yet, a coupon code for a 10% discount at kkla.com. It is RTD Flash 10. RTD, like resist the drift, RTD Flash 10, and you do that at checkout. And uh, you can still get VIP tickets where you get a chance to speak to our our speakers, Greg and Aaron Smalley, who are with Focus on the Family, who do such a great job at this. It's in Orange County at Calvary Chapel East Anaheim Church, November 3rd and 4th. I'll see you there on Friday, and I look forward to seeing you there. So go to kkla.com now to register. It's a great date night if you just want a date night idea with your spouse this is a great thing to do if you're struggling with things and and uh, you know all of us are but uh, maybe you're in, in you know you're just looking for something to get you moving in the right direction this is a great thing to to go to and don't wait so go to kkla.com and sign up for resist the drift uh, right now and that coupon code again is rtd/10 rtd/10 Flash, 10, RTD flash 10. the paper i have here the the R T D and the F in Flash is capitalized. I don't know if that matters, actually, but uh in case it's not working for you, that's the that's what it is. RTD Flash uh ten, KKLA.com. All right, we we're talking about what are the reformations, the reforms that the uh, maybe we need as a church today, October 31st, not just Halloween. It's uh, Reformation Day. And you know, what what is it today that the church can reform? 888-528-2557. 888 528 2557. John and Carl's Bad. Welcome to the Pastor Scott Show.
0: Scott, I love your energy, and I'm sure God loves you too, brother.
1: Well, thank you, John. He loves you too. I promise oh, you Well, he loves is true. everyone,
0: and you're absolutely right. He loves every single living creature on the face of the earth. He loves everything. That's right. Now, here's my question. I got actually two questions. First question What if we're pronouncing christ's name wrong
1: well, what do you mean by calling him jesus and not yeshua for example or something like that
0: no what you know you know thank god and it's, i really I don't blame anybody for it because the people that trained everybody in the past never had any way of looking up anything mm-hmm. right yeah. but today we got we have we have this source called the internet and so what what you, you got to do this is very interesting about the uh, the Jewish religion and actually uh, it used to be called jewish but then they changed it to a j in and 402 years ago mm-hmm. is when the hebrew alphabet placed a j in there
1: right there was no
0: j when christ was around right it was only 402 years ago and the yiddish you know, you know the yiddish culture of the mm-hmm. Jewish uh, tradition they have no j in their alphabet they never put it in there right so i think the truth is when god when god said to mary and joseph calling this name the name had some meaning that would be forever so i think the name is and you, you can look this up the name should be yes us not jesus yes us the y in hebrew is actually your the other side of your body Wait. Ye is, is not, not me, it's ye is the other side, the weaker side. So ye, being the weaker side, is us, and he's talking to everybody. We need to be synergized, we need to be centered, like Christ was, he yeah. wasn't a right wing single
1: yeah John, you're yeah. right about you're right about that, but the, the name actually is Yeshua in uh the uh original languages, so the J and yeah, what you're talking yeah, about yeah, is, it, it, is 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 language as it evolved over time, but it's not at all how they spoke at the time. Yeshua would be closer um yeah. to being accurate um but you well, know do you now, feel like do you feel like Jesus it bothers him that we say Jesus and uh not whatever the well, actual I think you're
0: missing you're missing his point. His point was that we need to be not a, a right-wing seagull, we need to be a two-wing seagull like he was. We need to be whole, not half. And everybody's sitting there waiting for him to come back to tell us, "Hey, he told us, but you just don't understand what he said." He said, "Be ye whole, and you have no need of a physician. Ye is the weaker side of the body, which is your input side, metaphysically."
1: Yeah, well, so that's but the thing, is, the thing is, John, is that that's not what the name means. It doesn't mean anything like you're you're saying here. You know, it, no, it is, doesn't. No, and so I I understand what you're doing, but but we have to be very careful when we're going to go back and interpret something to not put maybe a modern sense of what we're saying. Uh, into it, for example uh in greek the uh, uh, the word for dynamite is dynamos or something like that, and sometimes people will say the power of God is you know the word for power is dynamos and that 's the word in Greek that English language gets dynamite from okay. Uh, and people will say, oh, the power of the God is, of God is, uh, dynamos. It's like dynamite. And we make some sort of analogy of the, the strength and the power of God. And you can probably make an interesting analogy. The problem is, is that there's no way that the original writers would have thought that because there was no such thing as dynamite. Right. Remember,
0: I'm not talking about dynamite. I'm talking about God's angels telling uh, Joseph I, I and know. Mary I know, but... to call him a specific name. And what so did I'm that name mean? That God has a plan.
1: John, when they called him that, what did that name mean? Okay, are you left or right handed? I'm right handed. Okay, so
0: you use your right hand more than you do your left, right? Uh huh. Okay, that's called asymmetry. Asymmetry is overuses one side, and, and does not use the other side. Have you ever seen a right-wing seagull?
1: Yeah, I get what you're saying, but that's not what his name means. Listen, 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 John, 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 I'm going to let you go here, but I want you to listen, okay? Jesus' name, Yeshua, all right, it means to deliver or rescue, because as the as the angels told Joseph and Mary, he will rescue us from their, our sins. That's what his name means. It has nothing to do with what you're talking about jesus literally means yeshua it means to deliver or rescue that's what has nothing to do with left or right or seagulls or any of that so it's important that we realize that his name itself yeshua means that he is the savior that is his name Uh, it's sort of like his last name is not christ right he is the christ it's a title uh his name is Yeshua. It means to deliver or rescue. It's right there in Matthew chapter one. So I'd encourage you to go read that. And don't look into things too too far, you know, for that. I, I understand you probably have actually a point that maybe could be worked into something that we should think about, but you can't do that with the name of Jesus. Uh it doesn't you can't make a word mean something it doesn't mean. Um and and do that. And we don't really have to work that hard at it. It says right there, you know. Uh Uh, who he is. This is the Pastor Scott show. The number is 888-528-2557, 888-528-2557. And uh, she shall bring forth a son and and you will call his name Jesus, for it is he that will save his people from their sins. That's why his name is Jesus. That's what it means. He is the Savior. That's his name. Uh, That's super important. Um, that it's not a random name. Joseph and Mary didn't go to, uh, you know, Ancestry.com and try to figure out a family name or do some other, you know, get a baby book and come up with Jesus. Uh, They were told, no, you're going to call him Jesus because his name means uh, he's the rescuer. He is going to save his people from their sins. Super important with that. Uh, 888-528-2557. We're talking about just reforming the church. If I can just remind you that what we're about is making disciples. That we want to help people follow jesus because he will save them from their sins because that is what uh, he is there to do and we believe as christians that he's the only way by the way every religion thinks their way is the only way so all right um jesus is the savior and he saves you not because you earn it but because you put your faith in him and you trust now putting your faith in Him means something right it means repentance it means that you're going to trust him it doesn't mean that you say a magic word and uh, suddenly you're saved. It means that you give your life to them, right? But that's what faith is. That's what it means to trust, to have faith. And if you're thinking about it, you know, I know Halloween is tomorrow and people have a different feeling about it, but if you're going to go do something, if you're going to have people over, if you're going to be involved in the neighborhood, it's a great time to meet your neighbors and just be friendly. Uh, It's a great time to Get to know the people that God has placed around your your house, because I believe that uh, the biggest opportunity we have to share Christ is with people that we know. Jesus said, uh, "You're the light of the world. Don't hide your your light under a under a bowl. Instead, put it on a stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house." The word "house" doesn't mean your living room; it means your community. It means your relational world. It's a word that's oikos. It means the people that you do life with. And that includes your neighbors. I don't know if you notice this. I've I've had neighbors I don't know very well, but I know a lot about them because I can hear the screaming through the window, or I can smell whatever they're smoking. And uh, they probably know us well because they'll hear whatever we're doing, and whatever the kids are fighting, or whatever. You know, there's. You probably know a lot about your neighbors, even though maybe you don't talk to them very much. Uh, they're there for a reason. They should understand, you know, that you care about them. And, you know, if you go outside tomorrow with the trick-or-treating and hang out as kids come by, if they do that, say hello to some neighbors. Use it as an opportunity to just get involved uh, in the lives and say hello. Just be friendly. Just be out there and get to know them. I think that's important. It's a, it's a way to leverage this weird day uh, in a way to make disciples uh, if you're going to do that. And if you feel like, uncomfortable with that, then go inside and pray for your neighbors and pray for by name and say, God, how can you use me in a way where I can get to know them and care about them the way you would have me do that. Do that. All right, this is the Pastor Scott Show, 888-528-2557. When we come back, we'll do a little war update on some things going on and talk about how dangerous it is to ally yourself with evil philosophies, even if maybe for political reasons, there's some things that uh, you would agree with. What a bad idea that is. This is the Pastor Scott Show. We'll be back with hour two as the Monday edition continues. You can follow me on social media at Pastor Scott Show. Check it out. We'll see you in a few minutes. Stay tuned.